Benjamin Franklin once said, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. The fact is, quality matters. Join us as we make quality fun, interesting, and accessible to companies of all levels. Quality matters is a must-listen for all things quality. Listen in, ask questions, and get back to doing what matters most. Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. Well, hello and welcome back to the Quality Matters podcast. I'm Kyle Chambers from Texas Quality Assurance. And today we've gotten a uh, previous guest coming back on. So this is uh, Tom Terramina. And we're going to be talking today about uh, some different, um, well, I guess, uh, techniques for, for, for auditing, a certain methodology that uh, Tom likes to use. And, you know, it, it really works well with the same type ideas that, you know, I've kind of talked about and discussed before. So I think this is going to be a, a great conversation. So, Tom, say hello again. Hello, Kyle. How's it going today? Going good. Thanks. So what is this kind of, uh, you know, uh, new topic you've got to talk about? I understand you had a chance recently to speak at uh, ASQ in regard to it. Yes. uh, For the last three years, I've been working with Quality Digest and Exemplar Global. Uh, We have uh, come to the conclusion that uh, that, uh, quality management auditing and the entire uh, career, the career path for quality professionals needs overhauling. I would agree with that. I I think I've talked a number of times, like I have never once met someone in quality who set out to be in quality. I'll give the Lean Six Sigma folks, you know, exclusion to that rule. But otherwise, I've yet to find anyone in quality who actually set out to be here. We all found our way in some weird angle. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, let me let me uh, give my background information so all this makes yeah. sense. I spent uh, the first 14 years of my career at Mission Control in Houston during Gemini and Apollo. I supported all 17 Apollo missions, and for 10 years I was yeah, uh, quite a quite a time. Lots of stories to tell if we had the time to. But I, actually, I was on duty for Apollo 13 and heard Houston, we have a problem for firsthand. So, so crazy. Pretty much stuck with me. Yeah. I bet. Um, anyway, for, for the next 10 years, I was the head supplier quality guy, and I did all of the audits and uh, all of the supplier certifications, acceptance tests. So... I had a million miles before that mattered. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> I wish I could have that back in, in frequent flyer, but in any oh, event, <laughs> several events, uh, you know, several life-changing events happened during that time. And the first was that we can accomplish anything we set our minds to, because we just made up our minds to go to the moon and did it. <laughs> Yeah, I I can only I can only uh, couch it in those terms. And then during Apollo 13, we found we were told by flight director Gene Kranz that failure is not an option. So, again, we could spend an hour just on what transpired during that that, uh, (laughs) near fatal. We should probably do a couple of episodes on just that, whether it's released directly to the podcast or just something special for for YouTube. We we should totally do that. That that's yeah, something yeah, that, that we need to do. Because so anyone listening, stay tuned. We'll 
we'll find time to get that done here soon. What it did, it, it grounded me in my career path because I took that with me when I left. I ran three different manufacturing companies uh, and the, the, uh, the contract I had with the owners was that uh, I would be the quality manager for six months and then I would take over all of manufacturing mm-hmm. and we would repurpose the quality inspectors because we, what I do is I make people accountable for their own work and accountable to each other for their it's a novel concept. Yeah. Right. Well, it, I've, I've done it many, many times. And when the upstream and downstream people talk to one another, uh, oftentimes the quality issues just dis- disappear because mm-hmm. if they're accountable to each other, yep. you know, there's a lot of pressure that that's gone on. Uh, for the last 32 years, I've been consulting and you know, ISO 9000 mostly done some AS 9100 and, and uh, 169.49. But what I've discovered over the years is my focus was making uh, this implementation process for management systems mm-hmm. pay for itself. Yeah. And everything we've done, everything I've done in the last 50 something years has been overhead dollars. Mm-hmm. So I had a, several companies that gave me the the uh, opportunity to, to implement what I call quality as a pop profit center. Okay. Um, the, the big, the big uh, implementation was that Dell computer back in 20 years ago, we created BMIS, the business management interactive system as part of their 9001, 2000 transition. And I remember reading about that when I was first getting into uh, quality myself, cause I was trying to figure out like, how are we going to do this? What have other people done? And, you know, I remember, you know, approaching uh, my managers at the time with this idea of like, really like quality is effectively our, our business system. And they, you know, I wasn't that good at, at pitching the idea to them, but little did I know I was probably reading, <laughs> reading your work. Well, it could be. <laughs> I, we wrote, co-wrote a book together on this and it was published uh, two weeks after nine 11. So. Oh geez! It, it never Real made good the timing there. <laughs> never made the top ten. In any event, the outcome of that was that Dell. A year later, Dell posted horrendous numbers of things like they would thought they needed nine facilities; they only needed four. Right. And the, the revenues that it generated was just off the charts. Mm-hmm. So that was my encouragement, and ever since then, my focus in uh, quality consulting has been quality as a profit center. Okay. And then three years ago, when I teamed up with Quality Digest and Exemplar Global, we took a fundamental look at the entire the, the entire field of professions and quality. And mm-hmm. just like you said a few minutes ago, uh, n- almost no one, you know, was came into the workforce wanting to be a quality engineer or a quality inspector or no we we all got the uh we all got sprinkled with holy water and so we have a new job for you (laughs) yep and that water burns yes it does unfortunately (laughs) so the the things i've learned from that and then 20 years ago i became an expert witness in product liability and organizational negligence and when I did my first case, 
I, they, they sent me a whole truckload of materials that they call discovery, just boxes <laughs> and boxes and boxes. I can and only it, imagine. Of course, they didn't have any quality records in there. So I had to access for more boxes and boxes. Oh, jeez. Fortunately, today it's all done electronically. Yeah. But, but as I started into that first case, I said, you know what? I'm doing a quality. I'm doing a desk audit is what mm -hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. And so while the other experts would focus on what caused the problem, what caused the fire, what are the, what are the causes and origins, I was looking at the quality management system of the company that made the product. And here, 42 cases later, I can tell you for a fact that almost every one of them, and I've got a 96% success rate, almost all of them was companies not following their own procedures. And <laughs> companies that were ISO 9000 certified not following the standard. Mm-hmm. So the reason I was successful, because it was kind of a slam dunk. <laughs> opposing counsel would try and hire rebuttal witnesses, and uh, they never could rebut. You know, they, they yeah. couldn't do it successfully. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's effectively quality is. So it's like, say what you're going to do, and then do it. So you've got bad instructions for yourself. Well, that stinks. If you don't follow the uh, good things you know to do, well, that's that's on you as well. Absolutely. So all of that to say that since I've been doing the uh, what I call forensic business pathology, mm -hmm. I, I, I uh, trademarked that because that's the methodology I use to conduct forensic audits uh, for, for litigation. Uh, I've, I've done hundreds of audits. I've done I've trained thousands of auditors. Yeah. I sat in on a lot of third-party audits. It, it occurred to me, and when I proposed it to Quality Digest and Exemplar Global, they kind of raised their eyebrows because I said, you know what? Most people, most internal audits and external audits for that matter, you know months ahead of time what, when the auditors are coming. Yeah. You know what they're going to audit. Uh Opening and closing meetings for internal audits are, uh, you know, kind of uneventful. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. Here's the legal stuff I have to say. All right. And where's the coffee machine? Exactly. And third party, party audits are much the same, except they're intimidating because yep. the, every auditor I've ever been with is they've got their own agenda and they let you know right up front, my, my thing is metrology, so I'm going to be right. looking for, you know. Well, uh, and then what's even frustrating, too, is you get the auditors that want to be nice. And while on the surface, that sounds like, oh, man, that's great. I've got an auditor that's not really going to hammer me too hard. But that's not a favor at all, either. Then people start to think that what they're the bad things they're doing are actually good. And it's like, no. Well, and you've pointed out in our work together that findings are a good thing. Yes. Yes, you want findings. You want to know you what your problems are. If you get swept under the rug, it doesn't go away. No, and you wind up in, in litigation uh, for because the, the thing that got, got me to this point is I see dead people. I see I, I ask every attorney, don't send me pictures of the, of the victims. I don't want to see yeah. them, but inevitably yeah. they do. 
And every one of them, all well, <coughs> 40 out of 42 cases were, were fires or explosions or something was caused by an acceptable defect level. Jeez. I mean, you, I can't, you know, I can't talk about who the oh, manufacturers yeah, yeah, yeah. were, but they're everybody you'd ever expected. Yeah. Uh, and you know that okay we we you know we have a six sigma quality outgoing quality level we're happy well <laughs> isn't it possible that some of your defective products may really be defective they may cause a fire explosion yeah. right uh, so that's where i am today and that's what really got this started so i've i'm re-engineering uh what i initially started in the uh in the litigation work to say, okay, let's turn this thing around. Let's go back to the auditing community and say, look, if we, uh, if we rehash, rehash, not rehash, if we redesign internal management system auditing and external, if, if that eventually happens <laughs> to, be, to be more like a forensic investigation, wouldn't that be a good thing? So, as you alluded to, uh, two weeks ago, I was invited to speak at the ASQ uh, Quality Audit Division Convention, and we rolled out forensic investigations, uh, the new gold standard in auditing. Okay. So that brings us here today. So, what's, what, what's different about this method than auditing that you see otherwise? Well, the purpose of it instead of conformance to the standard, which is the typical typical reason for con conducting an audit, right? Yep. I mean, we get continual improvement because the auditors see things and they're another set of eyes. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But our uh, forensic investigations focuses on two things. Every audit we do is for is an audit of a process, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of auditing for process conformity, mm -hmm. we, we audit for process excellence. Okay. <laughs> what can we do to ensure that the outcome of that audit adds value to the process mm -hmm. and to the company? Uh, it's just, you know, I, I believe it's just common sense. So how do you uh, how do you actually succeed in doing that? Does this mean that we've got to have some special experience in this particular industry in, in the widgets that they manufacture? Like, what's going to be different about it? How's this auditor going to be able to provide a uh, little bit more benefit than just saying, "Yeah, you did what your procedure says. Good for you." Funny you should ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> also, on on November first, we rolled out. BMS 9001-2023, mm -hmm. an audit guidance document. And again, this is a result of three years of work. Now, how much are these uh, documents? How much is someone going to be set back to purchase them? Uh, they will do a little research and training on their own. I think the price point uh, for BMS 9001 is 95 bucks or something like that. Okay, so we're way we're cheaper just, than 9001. Yeah, well, we... Uh, we're 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 the new kid in town uh, with a whole new concept, and yeah, we wanted to 
to roll it out at the QAD convention and see what the response was. Mm -hmm. And the response was outstanding. I, I couldn't awesome. have been happier with, with the response. From the, awesome. I, I figured they'd run me out of town, you know. <laughs> Except I live where the convention was. <laughs> and, in any event, I, I really thought uh, one of two things would happen. It would be scorned as being blasphemous and, you know, you can't mess with what we've been doing all these, all these years. Or the enlightened would see that maybe there is a better way. Yeah. So as I said, the first thing is we're auditing for process excellence. We're looking for how we can make the process better during the during a forensic investigation. The second thing, and there are three, I, I said two, but there are three. The second thing is we're we're auditing for foreseeable risk. Okay. Foreseeable risk is a legal term. And what it means is that uh, the average person should be accountable for any risks that can be foreseen. It's, okay. You know, very simple. I mean, you, it, it, it reminded me immediately of uh, the people that drop a, a Thanksgiving turkey in a bucket of oil. <laughs> well, I think about my uh, oldest boy. He he does a lot to help out around the around the farm. You know, we got horses and pigs and chickens and you know all sorts of crap, right? And uh, the boy loves to leave a gate open, or he won't latch it all the way. And he's like, "Well, I'm feeding them; they're just gonna follow me." I'm like, "There is a reasonable chance that, especially your horse, she's a little crazy mare, um, and she's a pregnant crazy mare." I'm like. She may not go for her food. She may just bolt for that gate. And the moment she knows it's, it might be left open. But yeah, same time thing. I'm like, you know, this can happen. You know, it can. Okay. It likely won't. You'll probably get away with it a hundred times, but it's going to happen. And everybody's got to saddle up and chase the mare. Huh? Yep. 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 And uh, yeah, she ain't, she ain't a fun one to catch. <laughs> but I mean, it's the it's same type thing, but I mean, this is something I've thought about before. It's like when we do all of this uh, and this kind of derailing conversation just a little bit, but I'll, I'll try not to take too long, but like, you know, we do all the work for these uh, six Sigma type cases. Right. And we know that we're producing with this much, this few defects, this infrequently, but that means that we know with certainty or almost certainty that we do have so many of those defects going out the door. And that's kind of your point. It's like, well, if some of these defects really could be, horribly tragically disastrous maybe we should actually target for zero to a redesign and and i i've seen it i witnessed it i've a couple of the companies i've worked with 700 companies over the last 50 years jeez so i've got a pretty good perspective of what what <laughs> not to do and at least two of them uh one of them was a was a pharmaceutical warehouse in 12 years they never shipped a defective product 12 years, nothing went out the door that was late or expired uh, sell-by date or any of that stuff. Okay. And so that, that proved to me that it can be done. And the way they did it was they worked together to make sure it never happened. Yeah. Now, these, are, these are people that after work, you'd find them at the local casino drinking beer and pulling the slots. But mm -hmm. during that day, when they were at, at work, nothing left defective. Yeah. And of course, I've challenged my my friends in pharma. You know, is Six Sigma good enough for you? Well, no. <laughs> it doesn't quite work here. 
so, you know, it's uh, kind of the same thing on the safety side. And, you know, surprises that people here, but oil and gas uh, safety has gone you know, I mean, 180 from where it was decades ago. It's the same type of thing. Like, I'll look at some of these job sites and you take a look at the man hours that these guys have worked without even a recordable. Forget anything major. We're just talking about someone needed, you know, stitches or, um, you know, just something minor. Not that it's nothing, but, you know, it's, it, it's nothing compared to getting your, your arm or leg cut off. Like, we're not even talking about a major in, injury. And they really did. They just sat down and said kind of the same thing you mentioned earlier. It was like failure is not an option. Like, truly, if we're going to preach zero incidents, like, it can't just be a mantra. Yeah, and, you know, to me, quality policy has always been either a mantra that the quality department used. It, it never... I have yet to see one that was developed by the CEOs or the, the C-suite people. <laughs> yeah, it, they're um, and they're pretty bland and pretty generic, uninspiring. Well, the one I thought was really good was "quality" is just a word we use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will say I did have uh, one client of ours that that had put one together. It was nearly a page long. So I just tell them we, we, we gotta, we gotta trim back and pull back on this, but it was done by the CEO. And like, this guy is one of these kind of like visionary entrepreneurial type guys. And like, man, he's got a vision for where his company's going to go. And he put it all on paper. He just laid it out. So complex that, you know, <laughs> you, you can't really call it a policy. Yeah. You can teach from that, but yep. Uh, and, and the work you and I do together, uh, I encourage every CEO that we work with to forget about a typical quality policy, mm -hmm. but for them to to take the time to write their vision, mission, and values. Yep. We exactly can always what, add the ISO language and formality yeah, yeah. to it. You mean ISO Babel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, one of the the clients that you and I are working with together Mm -hmm. This happened a few days ago. Uh, there's they're starting their uh, nine thousand one implementation, and one of the uh, the welders has been tagged as the quality manager. And <laughs> I said, "Well, what's new, guys?" And he said, "You know, over the weekend I started reading the standard." He said, "What the <laughs> heck does this risk based thinking mean?" <laughs> yes. I said, I said, bless you, my son. You're, you, you've come across one of the great conundrums in quality. <laughs> what does it mean when I read, read the first draft? I said, what in the heck does this mean? Yeah, I, yeah, that's a that's a whole other fun conversation because if indeed the you know TC one seventy six is is staffed by a good representation of consultants and auditors and professionals in the industry, I don't know a one of us that likes any of. The, the new stuff that was put into the standard and some of the stuff they're talking about putting in the revised version is just absolutely bonkers. That's a whole other conversation. So let, let me, I, I, I go down too many rabbit trails. Let's go back to uh forensic investigation. So tell me like how, how would an auditor now, obviously there's a whole training and everything goes along with this, but like how would an auditor be able to say, well, there's a really foreseeable risk that something bad could happen here. And, you know, argue with one of these engineers that's throwing every pie chart and spreadsheet and analysis and, you know, Six Sigma jibber jabber in their face. Well, as I said, we just rolled out 
our five course training program. And what's different about it is, first of all, all of your current certifications, CQE, CQA, CMQOE, all of that stuff is foundational to your work. Mm -hmm. But just as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, nobody has looked at it as a career path until they got no. into it. Yeah. And having been a consultant for 32 years, I always have to explain to my potential client what my credentials are. Because they don't know what CQE, CQA, all that stuff means. So the new program is called Quality Masters. Okay. And the first course takes you through uh, validating the uh, what you know today and your skill sets today as okay. a career path. We're mm -hmm. not we're not doing uh, we're not doing any kind of. Uh, <laughs> don't you want to talk to a toll free call? <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm oh, sure you life stuff happens. Absolutely. I, I tell everyone I try not to edit these things. I want it to come out just like it is. I, Absolutely. I'm not trying to put on a certain show here. So, and, and your audience is going. That just happened to me a few minutes ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. I still have, <laughs> I still have landline. It's it's not as easy to. You know, we're actually talking about getting the landline at uh, at our place, but you know, we live well. I guess in a way, you you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere as well. But you know, we're like eight miles down a dirt road, and you don't always get cell signal down there. And uh, you know, we've talked a number of times about actually getting the landline put in just for for safety reasons. Absolutely, I'm I'm on ten acres in the middle of nowhere, at the top of a mountain. So yeah, we'll always have a landline. Yeah, you lose power or something, and you know, those phone lines just keep going even when the power's out. And when all else fails, when it, whenever there's a, a crisis, the uh, cell phone system gets totally overloaded. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, so, um, back to the, the topic yeah. uh, and your last question. Um, by the time they get to course number two and three, mm -hmm. they will be trained in forensic investigations. Okay. And we've published, we've published the handbook for that course, and it will be available on the website this week. Okay. Our, uh, our new cool. website is qproductivity.com. Cool. And again, it's all about when you get to the fifth level, you, you, you have enough, enough training and experience to become a forensic uh, expert and you sell yourself to the, uh, to the lawyers. And it's, well, like I said, after 42 cases, I got a pretty good handle on it. Uh, and it's also very lucrative. It's about four times what you make in your, in your day to day <laughs> career. You, you just so, got to look at some gruesome pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it has to be something you enjoy because like yeah. I said, I switched gears and all of a sudden I wasn't doing a desk audit anymore. Mm -hmm. I was looking for how well their processes worked. Yep. Not were they compliant. Did they work? Yeah. And number two, I was looking for foreseeable risk. Yeah. And I could I found foreseeable risk in virtually every case. Yeah. You know, the the definition I use is the perfect confluence of two or three different things that came together at the wrong time. <laughs> but they were foreseeable. Yeah. Uh, 
and so the training program that we offer uh, will bring those who desire to move their career along uh, at warp speed uh, a pathway to, to go from quality management system auditing to business management auditing. Okay. We're suggesting in our program that companies consider uh, creating a, a whole enterprise business management system similar to the work we did with Dell Computer. Yeah. And in the training materials, we have all kinds of great stuff you can take to your CEO and say, I've never come to you before saying I, I want us to make more money. <laughs> I've always coming, boss, I need to go to a conference. <laughs> How um how long are these courses? I mean, if, if someone's going to do this, I mean, like you know, what, what's this course look like? Well, if you uh, course one is is up for for review online right now, and if you just sat there and took it, it would take you half a day. Okay, but at the end, you have to do a project. Okay, you have to go back to your company and pick out a continual improvement product project and take what you've learned from the course and over the course of what well, we i think we said six months uh turn into us a case study mm -hmm. what you learned how you what you did for uh, for business process excellence what you did for foreseeable risk mm -hmm. and the third thing of forensic investigations is this to me is always an opportunity to do con uh, competency uh, evaluations of the people you're auditing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're putting into the system where part of the competency evaluation is how did they do in the audit? Did they know their stuff? Were they living the talk? Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, that's the basic, uh, the basic format of, of that. And, uh, again, several people at the conference came up to me and said, "You mean can can you talk to my CFO? Because every time <laughs> I go to him, they 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 throw me out the door." Yep. Uh, and so, yep, I know it. that feeling myself. Although I guess I should be a little grateful for it, but still, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, you're selling you're selling TQA services that are very value driven you know that's one of the reasons i'm working with you yeah you understand the value driven thing and so i, I believe and quality digest and exemplar global all agree that this is a turning point for the professions of quality no well, i i like it i i really do you know we we've tried to do something uh i'm gonna say similar by no means the same same level or caliber even that same type audience but you know we've put together before covid what we called our qms boot camp and it was a a, a four-day course for someone new to quality management because no one's ever been trained on what it means to be a quality manager the closest you get are you know like you, you can get the six sigma trainings you can get your auditor trainings or yep. some little kind of niche quality stuff but like we're teaching you skills and and, and book knowledge but not how to do it how do you actually get folks to understand how to complete a non-conformance report, when to issue one, and and why fill it out the way that they fill it out? And, and how do you get folks on board with a training program? And how do you actually do it? Um, 
And so I think that's exciting because you're giving folks the opportunity to actually learn these tasks and uh, rather than, you know, just flounder. Well, the, the, the big thing, it takes them off of uh, conformance auditing. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Uh, if you if your purpose is to be compliant with the standard, that's that's hunky dory. But if your purpose is to make a better product, make a safer product. Yep. Have your employees be ex accountable to themselves and to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, before I started consulting, I was training manager for a big petrochemical company. And my job was teaching self-directed work teams, mm -hmm. which was the outcome of my work with those three manufacturing companies where I, I dissolved the quality department. We didn't fire right. anybody. We, we yeah. purposed them. So this is, this is burned into my, uh, in, into my inner workings. And I'm going yeah. you know, at my point, my point in my career, uh, I feel that I, all I can do is to mentor and give back all of the rich experiences. Like I said, how many people have worked with 700 companies? Yeah. I, yeah, I it's not much. You know, NASA gave me five hundred of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was I was on the road all the time. I bet. Uh, and so you know now, I've got to endow this back in, back to the community. And uh, Quality Digest really has just picked this up and run with it. Well, make sure to give me links to everything where folks can go to uh, sign up, and I'm going to make sure everything's in the. Uh, show notes here so if this is something you're looking at you're wanting to maybe change careers learn a little bit more about it i really think this is this is going to be a, a great way to go to get started i mean even if i uh, just a, a floor supervisor if you can well i tell i tell our small business clients all the time as small as you are you don't need a quality manager there's no sense in having the salary dedicated to someone for quality i mean we need to in, drill it into our leaders and, and our people. Hey, you get to a certain scale and you know, you've got to have someone to, to, to wrangle everything, but small businesses, there's not a lot of need for even a, a dedicated quality manager. You just need folks that can, that can manage the process. Yep. And like the Run standard, here. it could be anyone who irrespective, ir, I don't like irrespective, but that's what the standards say. Irrespective yep. of their, their full-time job. Yep. And so that's, that's what we wind up doing. Yep. So no, I think this is exciting. This is, uh, this is good. So I'll make sure that we leave all of the uh, show notes below and we need to find some time where we can just have a story time for a while. It'll be fun. Well, Hey Tom, I very much appreciate you uh, taking the time here and we will talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks Kyle. Austin. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. All right. Remember, you can always uh, like, subscribe, and uh, share the uh, podcast. Um, so please, uh, if, if you can, if you've not done it yet, be sure to hit that like, subscribe, share, and uh, let us know what you think. We look forward to uh, talking with you soon. Thanks.